I'm Dan Casper, and welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to talking about, well, a lot of things, mostly sports, mixed in with some other entertaining, interesting, unplugged, and unfiltered conversations. We'll debate, banter, analyze, and have some fun conversations that make you think and laugh. I'll be your host guiding each episode, and occasionally we'll have some guests with me. So kick back and join in on the latest conversations going on in the man cave. So let's do it. Let's get this episode started. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here, as always. Appreciate you tuning in to the podcast if you are a regular listener. Oh, well, thanks for, for checking us out again. If you're a newbie, hey, hopefully we can keep it coming. But uh, thanks for stopping by for the uh, for the Man Cave Podcast. And it's uh, stop number one, our first stop on our road trip tour. Big shout out to... Uh, to Dan, the moving man, and Ghost Energy Drink for uh, for helping us uh, bring you the podcast, but also helping bring the podcast to the road. We're going uh, to different places, taking the podcast uh, on the road, taking it on a road trip, taking it on tour, and uh, for our first stop, we're at we're at Hy-Vee here in good old Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We did the radio show uh, here this morning, and uh, a couple hours later. We're doing an episode of the Man Cave podcast right here too, and just kind of a a laid back episode of the Man Cave. You know, we're just we're just shooting the shit with uh, with some people, uh, with a couple people, and just sharing some stories, talking a little sports. You know, Surveyor Sam, uh, a friend of mine, a good listener to the uh, to the morning show. He's a uh, he's a he's a dude who is uh, big into rugby. Has played. At uh, various levels of rugby and rugby, a, a sport that I don't really know a whole lot about. I just know what I, you know, what I've seen on TV, the internet, and and all that sort of stuff. He's going to stop by. He's going to chat about that and kind of give us a little bit of a background on that. Uh, we got Phil. Uh, we got Roland as as well. Uh, they're going to be making some sauce. We're just we're just going to be chill out. We're we got a couple of cold beverages going on while we're we're doing this episode. We're we're turning the mics on and we're just. Just having some conversations like you would hanging out in the man cave with, uh, with some buds, with some, uh, some of your friends, or, you know, just learning a little bit about, you know, I'd learning a little bit about each other too. So, uh, let's just, let's just jump into this thing, right? Let's just jump into this baby. No, you guys don't need to hear me do a whole big intro or flashy intro or anything like that. So, uh, let's jump into it. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode of the man cave podcast. Again, just kind of a, Chillaxing, relaxing, having a cold, uh, I'd sound a little fresh Prince of Bel Air right there. Uh, but no, just, just hanging out, having some cold beverages here at, uh, at High V and, uh, sharing some stories and, and just talking about whatever the heck we want to talk about, just like you would in a main cave. All right, regular listeners to the uh, to the morning show will probably know this next gentleman here, Mister Surveyor Sam, the famous, the infamous Surveyor Sam in hey. person. What's going on, dude? Oh, not a whole lot, man. How have you been? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we're having a little got, brewskis here. Got quite the uh, operation set up here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's good to. I'm, I wanted to get to, uh, chat with you for for a while here on the podcast because you always talk about rugby, bro. Yep. And I don't know anything about rugby. Okay. Um, and 
you know, I, I, some of the stories you, you tell me and some of the pictures <laughs> that you tell me too. Yeah. Um, it's pretty not, I got, so how does one, like, how did you get involved in, in, in rugby? Like, what was okay. it that, that yeah. got you, like, interested in doing that? Yeah. So, um, well, actually, my cousin originally got me into it, um, and my aunt as well. So, my aunt is actually originally from England. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my, my aunt Helen, and she always talks like this. She's like, anyway, she sounds just like Mary Poppins all the time. Um, but my cousin Joe, uh, went over there, uh, and got into it, uh, from his cousins who all played over in Scotland and Ireland and, and, and the UK. And so he came back and he started playing, uh, for his college team Bethel over in the cities. Okay. And, uh, I finished up high school, uh, football and, was going to the University of River Falls, and uh, my co- cousin called me up one day, and he goes, hey, do you want to come out and play with us? I know a bunch of the guys that the River Falls rugby team, who I went to high school with as well, and if you want to come out and try it out. So I came out and tried it out, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So, really? Yep. One just came out one time and met the guys, and it was it was an awesome experience, and couldn't, uh, couldn't have found a better group of guys to introduce myself to college and everything. Yeah, so. so was it like an intramural thing or was it actually like an uh, organized is, team sport? Uh, well, when we when I came during the summer, it's, uh, well, everything is organized in a way. Um, we don't play by NCAA rules, okay. um, but the uh, USA Rugby Association actually has their own collegiate and club style play as well. So um, a lot of the like universities, uh, like what we did, we River Falls was actually part of the Minnesota Rugby Union, okay. and so we would we would play other Division three teams, and there was Division two and Division one as well. So like Minnesota, U of M played in the Big Ten as well, for okay. all that. Um, teams like UMD and uh, oh UMD St. John's were all um, were all D two and okay. stuff like that, and we got bumped down D three because we we're a smaller school. River Falls was, but we played like. St. Thomas, McAllister, St. Olaf, those types of schools, the smaller uh, universities over in Minnesota. So. Okay. So after River Falls, then what do you do after that? Where do you go? Oh, I went I went and played uh, with the St. Paul Pigs, which is a uh, club team over in St. Paul. Okay. And uh, they're actually a really good unit, a great group of guys. Um, I know last year they made it all the way to the game before Nationals. Um, and that was their best season ever. I mean, I stopped playing about four years ago. Okay. And, and at that point, we weren't that great, but they got a, a great group of recruiting classes, and they really started hitting, like, all the colleges for seniors and stuff afterwards. What are you going to do if you want to keep playing? And so they, they built up a, a really good team, and this year they're looking at uh, trying to repeat as well. So, nice. Yeah. Awesome. So you do that, but then you, you were telling me before, a little bit before, uh, on, before we started recording this, a, a university or a uh, United States rugby. You, yeah, you, yeah. You I, well, I, I I played uh, for the all Minnesota U, the all Minnesota U twenty two team, and when we and when we had our um, regional tournament, which was actually up in Canada, we had to go play, and we had to play uh, like Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. The Dakotas just joined us one. Okay. And but we played this big regional. And uh, a bunch of us got invited out to participate in in uh, the USA Rugby tryout, and I mean there was a few hundred people at that at those tryouts. So, yeah, and that was out in Colorado Springs. So, 
Wow. Yep. So I mean, yeah, I mean, compare it to football for for people like me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I see football, I see the pads and all that. I see rugby. There's nothing on. Do you, yeah. I mean, do you wear anything? I mean, <laughs> so there there is like a kind of like a Under Armour type of, of like padding that you can wear that okay. has a couple built-in pads, but everyone considers you a real sissy if you wear those. Oh, really? So yeah. <laughs> so you. Uh, nobody wears them. And to be fair, uh, unlike football, where you see all these major collisions and everything, yeah. and people just spearing people and not wrapping up, in rugby you have to wrap up. Otherwise, it's called it's a it's a penalty. It's an automatic yellow card. It's ten minutes in what we call the sin bin, okay. which is basically like the penalty box in hockey. Okay. So you have to sit a certain amount of time, and everything you ha- you can't tackle, you can't high tackle, so anything above the shoulders, you can't like wrap up. You have to bring them down gently, and you can't make them leave their feet either. Okay. So it's a lot safer, and I actually have tried for years to see, like, or try to get people in, like, the in high school all the way down, to, or even into, like, peewees to, like, try, try rugby tackling, where instead of you trying to run through the person, you're using their momentum to bring, to bring themselves down. Right. And in a way, it's a lot safer, and it's a lot cleaner, because you're wrapping up and you're making the proper tackle form, but you're not hurting yourself in the process by making that giant play. And in time, with like the wrapping up and making the solid tackles, those plays will happen. And I just feel like just doing that to for football, it would reduce a lot. I mean, they, yeah. they've, they've tried for years to, to change the tackling and everything right. and, and make it safer. Well, one real simple way is to make everybody wrap up. Right. Yeah, I, I never thought of it that way. Uh, tell me a little bit about... So, I... I I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly. The ball. ball. The ball. It's a little, it's a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's a little bit bigger, more, a little bit more round than, than, uh, than football. Yeah. So, I mean, like, is there like a lot of downfield throwing or anything like that? No. Or? So every, so everything is, uh, all passes are, have to be backwards. Okay. So all passes have to be backwards or along a straight line, like a lateral in right. football. Okay. Um, and a way to advance it forward is by kicking. And a lot of people, like in international rugby, they'll do a ton of kicking. And it's similar to just a punt. It's, it's gaining field position off of that and trying to make them make their own mistake okay. off of it. So it's a lot of strategy right. and everything off of that. Gotcha. Interesting. So, uh, and then, so what position did you play? Uh, I played a lot. But uh, <laughs> my, main, my main position in college was uh, called the scrum half. Okay. And that's kind of like the quarterback of, of rugby. So okay. and there's there's different levels. So there's 15s, 10s, and 7s are the main, like, three that are played. So 15s is 15 guys per side. 10s are 10 guys, and 7s are 7 guys. In the Olympics, there are 7 guys on a field. And that's the one that everybody in the U.S. who actually plays rugby in the U.S. sees that that would be the one tight of rugby to take off because it's a lot more scoring and there's only seven minute halves so it's 14 minutes aside and okay. that that actually has really taken off a lot here in the u.s and uh, actually the u.s international sevens team which is uh, the international circuit happens every year uh, they're currently in fourth i want to say in the, in the latest standings i know two years ago they won it um but it's it's a lot easier to pick up on for for that Wow, for everybody a, else. Yeah. So, is there anything like around like where we live in Eau Claire that was, I, I know the university has both the men's and women's do they? team? Okay. Yep. Um, actually, one of my uh, one of our good uh, family friends, Hannah O'Rourke, <laughs> she uh, gotta give her a shout out. She was the coach for the women's 
for the women's team for a while. Okay. And she was uh, she was an alternate for the USA women's team. Wow. For a little bit, so she was she was a very good player, and I got to meet her here. She's an awesome person and stuff, and she's a, a hell of a coach too. So. Would you say rugby is more physical than football? Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. Um, one, it's it's constant. It's like a combination of football and soccer, where the, the clock keeps going, play doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It's it's physical in in a way where, yeah, you are you're you're beating up on each other, you're tackling constantly, and there's a there's rucking and scrums constantly involved. Where rucking is where a person gets tackled and instantly people from both sides have to go over that person who gets tackled and they have to literally almost block each other to try and gain possession of the ball and or control possession of the ball um so there's that but i mean football you just see bigger hits harder tackles and stuff like that i mean these uh, international rugby these guys are at most like 260 running around yeah i mean but they also have to be a lot a lot more fit they're running 40 to 80 minutes every time constantly But, I mean, you got big guys, 260, 280, that are running around there that are just absolutely yoked out of their minds. Right. So, um, it is, but also, I mean, you don't see, like, a, a big thing is in, like, football, you, you have the, the, the pass that's going downfield and you have the big hits that are happening downfield. That just doesn't happen unless someone throws the ball way up in the air and someone goes up. I mean, that's, you're calling for a head clearing, basically. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't see it as as dangerous or anything like that just based on i'm playing both i mean i had way more injuries playing football than i did uh, that was my next question i was going to ask you i mean because we were talking about the padding before and, mm-hmm. and you said you'd consider to see if you wear kind of that uh yeah. uh under padding but so you've had more injuries actually in football yeah uh football i, I think i broke five bones Playing, really? playing football in high school. What position did you play in high school? Uh, I was a fullback and old lineman. Okay. For, uh, I played at Menominee. So, um, under Labuda? Yeah, under Labuda. Wow. Yeah, one, part of the uh, part of the long lineage, I would say. <laughs> so, and, I mean, it's just years of that. And I think part of that helps with, with rugby. But, I mean, a lot of it was for rugby was getting the wind knocked out of you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I had two or three two or three concussions during rugby, but those were just freak accidents where, I mean, my main bad one was I got hit right in the temple uh, from a head, and that was that was partially my fault because I picked up at the last second and the guy was going going that way anyway. So, yeah. but um, That's what I'd feel like there'd be a lot of head injuries in, in rugby. Uh, I, like I said, a lot of it has to do with the tackling yeah. and everything. Also, guys are tougher. Tougher? Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the biggest... the biggest and best case story that I can have for rugby guys are always tougher is in the 80s uh, the captain of the New Zealand team which is the like the pinnacle rugby team in the, in the world uh, New Zealand rugby mm-hmm. they their, their captain in the mid to late 80s was in an international friendly match and during against France and during the first half he had his uh, well he had a scrotum stepped on and his ball sack was ripped open oh he went, he went into the locker room, had it stitched up, and came out and played the second half. Oh, my God. And the, and the only reason why he got not, knocked out was because he actually got knocked out again from a concussion. Otherwise, he would continue to play. Holy shit. So, yeah, and that was just a friendly. That wasn't even, like, meant for anything. It was just a friendly match. So the passion, obviously, is, is, yeah. is there for this sport, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, worldwide, it's, I want to say it's the third or fourth highest sport in the world. Really? 
Kind of like maybe soccer's, you know, yep, more so popular. I think it's worldwide. soccer, cricket, then I would say rugby at that point. So. Wow, that's cool. Would you still play to this day if you could? I uh, I try to. Yeah. It's kind of difficult getting out to the cities, yep. especially with the little one now, but I, I try to get out at least once a year to play. Yeah. Um, we uh, actually, uh, in the first weekend of March, which is coming up, we have a uh, a uh, cancer benefit uh, tournament that everybody can play um, over in River Falls, and that's all. It's all race for cancer. It's actually a co-ed one that we play in the snow. Oh, really? So yeah, teams get drawn out of a hat, and you, it's a great chance just to learn and how to play. So. so, what's the field look like? You know, is it similar to a soccer, football, kind of in uh, the middle? It's similar, it's similar to uh, to a soccer field. It's 100, okay. 100 meters wide um, by. I think it's 70 meters or 100 meters long by 70 meters wide with 20 meter end zones on okay. each side. Um, the field is basically broken up into three main areas where there's the 22 line, which is the 22 meters and in. Um, then you have your midfield line, then your other 22 meter and in line. So those are the three main lines that are there. Okay. Um, that's. What's the scoring like? Scoring is uh, for if you score a try. So another thing I would like to actually see in football would be what they do in rugby is you have to touch the ball in the try zone or the or the end zone in order to score. You have to touch it down. Okay. And you can't drop it or anything like that. You know, where you see a lot of these plays, like they get to the corner and they dive and they barely touch the pylon, and that's yep. considered in. I'd much rather see them have to touch that ball down. Yeah. It would just it would make things 100% easier on life. And one thing is, which is fun is, I mean, about rugby, when you're scoring, is you can, even if that guy's in the try zone, you can go for the ball. If you knock that ball out, then it's a free free, free game. Okay. Um, you can hold you can hold the ball up. You can be in the try zone and actually have guys picking you up with the ball, and then it's, it's considered a held ball, and then it's uh, and it goes back out, and you have to re, re, uh, scrum over the ball. Interesting. So there's, I mean, there, and, uh, and after that, you have your end kick or your goal kick, which uh, is worth two points. So at most you can score seven at a time. Okay. So you have a goal kick or a free kick at afterwards, which is uh, two points. And what's beneficial about touching the ball down is where that ball is touched. Imagine an imaginary line going perpendicular with like the end line. You have to kick on along that line. So if you touch it way at the end of like the your sideline, you have to kick that ball from that sideline basically. Interesting. So you'll see a lot of guys run and they'll try to race towards the center and touch it in the center because it's a lot easier to kick. Gotcha. So this might be a weird question. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to try to explain it right. Who has the better shot to succeed if they were to play the other sport, a football player to rugby or rugby to football? We've seen we've seen uh, rugby players come to football. A great example was there was a guy who was from Australia, and he got drafted by the 49ers, I want to say, okay. a few years ago, and he and he made it on the team, but he was a special teamer. Now, at the same time, I mean, the, like, collegially, I could, it would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, professionally, just because these guys are such major athletes at this point that they, I don't think that they could actually get, actually be able to make it in the NFL, maybe every once in a, in a lifetime. I mean, the greatest player of all time for rugby is a lot of people would consider this guy named Jonah Lomu. And he was a uh, he played all over the field, and he was about six five two seventy, and he ran a four four forty. Wow! So holy cow! 
I mean, there you, you look up you look up highlights of him, and yeah. it's like watching children bounce off. Of him, so, <laughs> holy shit! Okay, yeah. before I let you go, because I know you got to get going here probably pretty soon. So, uh, a couple things uh, I want to hear from you. Uh, your uh, analysis on Green Bay and and what they should do with with Aaron yeah, and analysis all that. with Aaron Rodgers. Two yeah. two different things. I feel one if he if he wants. Because uh, we really see it as one of two things. We don't think he's going to be retiring, correct? So it's one of two things. Either he wants out or he wants to stay. So if he wants out, I say you trade him to whoever's the highest bidder and then go after, I, I would say go after Gardner Minshew, trade something for Gardner Minshew. You are a big Gardner guy. I am. Yep. And the re- reason why I like Gardner is, one, he, I mean, he, he's, he kind of reminds me of like Taylor Heineke, Brett Favre. He's a, he's a gunslinger. He wants to run all over the field. But also, I feel like that's a good benchmark because you know what you have in Gardner Minshew. And if you have that open quarterback battle between him and Jordan Love, Jordan Love beats him out, you know you have at least Gardner Minshew. Right. Um, two, if they if Rodgers wants to stay, then I mean he has to he has to really cut down on his cap. I me personally, I'd offer him a five year deal, five year five year hundred million dollar guaranteed deal, and that'd be it. Twenty million a year, and then you have enough. I feel like at that point you'd have enough cap space to work with to sign Devontae to a longer term deal. And work out everything else, especially if you're extending a lot of players at, at that point. Right. And then have a, have like a have a buyout cap after like two or three years, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. I mean, those are really the only two scenarios we see. And if that were to happen, then I mean, I've said it before, if, if worst comes to worst, trade everybody and tank for three years, and you'll, we'll get Arch. Yeah, there go you after go. Arch, Arch Manning. Manning. That's right, baby. Uh, do, you, do you go out ice fishing at all? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any luck this year? Uh, I mean, I went up to my cabin about a month ago. We yeah. limited out on crappies at, after dark. Um, and then, actually, a couple weeks ago, I sent my coworker down a half moon, and he pulled out a 37-inch northern out of half moon. Really? Yep. Oh, shit. So, That's not Jeremy, is it? No, it's not Jeremy. <laughs> or evil surveyor, evil, evil he calls surveyor. himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Uh, he got a good kick out of that one when I walked in the office. So. <laughs> uh, you don't wear your Crocs when you go fishing, though, do you? No, I don't have Crocs, man. Barefoot. Barefoot? Barefoot. Barefoot. I like that. Yeah, got to go caveman style. Yeah. Build up the feet. There's calluses there for a reason. I like that. I'd I'd rather not wear anything than... Than wear those Crocs? Yeah. Oh, God. I I personally... I'd rather go out in public in sweatpants than wear Crocs. I can't do either. I can't. I couldn't do either. No. No. Dude... Appreciate it, man. Just a quick time out to remind you to subscribe and follow the Man Cave Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. All right, back to the episode. All right, we're continuing here with the Man Cave Podcast, and uh, next up we got our boy Phil. From High V, what's up, dude? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. You're, you're becoming a celebrity now, man. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have been awesome over here. I mean, the morning show and now the podcast. So, uh, big thanks. I mean, the Bloody Mary's awesome, by the way. Hey, no, no. don't don't tell her that because <laughs> I know she likes you know she likes that ego a little bit. It seems it's like. true. It's yeah, true. I'm not gonna. And we have to wait for her to actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I actually want to talk about some, you know, some other stuff, if you're good with that. Let's do it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, I want people to know you a little bit more. I want to get into deep, Phil, if okay. you're good with this. What does Phil do when you're not working? 
When I'm not working. When you're not working, which I know is times, <laughs> times a little, you know, small for you. Two things. Yeah. Either I'm hanging out with my kids. Yep. Or I'm really in to wargaming with models. That's right. Yeah. So can you kind of like explain that a little bit more? Like what, what's it all entail and like what do you do with that? Sure. So uh, like right now, I don't know, I sound really geeky, but no. like I play a game. Dude, my, it's like, I'm uh, the biggest nerd in the world, don't worry. Like Games Workshop's uh, Age of Sigmar, man. Yeah. So you, you paint the miniatures, they're all about three inches tall. I have like an orc army. Yeah. And I make the army, paint the army, and then you go and you set up a table with all the terrain, and then somebody else comes, you get an opponent, and you, you move them around the table and, and, and do a battle. So do you have, like, a man cave with all this stuff? I sure do. Boy. I sure do. And and we, um, right now that's the one I'm kind of focusing on, but my, my wife and I do historic ones, too. So we'll do, like, um, we've entered some competitions for them before in the past, so okay. we did one of, like... The Romans versus the Britons and, like, Queen Boudicca. So okay. we painted them all up to look like that. And then we sent it to a convention, and people can play. And we, like, help them reenact the battles. I've done that. Saratoga, wow. some other battles like that. Like, so there's actually competitions with this, too. I did not know yeah. that. Like, you can... Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah there's, and there's, like, really competitive tournaments for it and stuff, too. I'm going to to a convention next March, in March so okay. next month, and there's 218 entries right now. So... So yeah, it's it's a big deal and like it's world like it's its own version, of, not like esports, but it's its own thing. Right. And there's like podcasts that follow it and all kinds of stuff with it. So, so how did you get into that? What 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 was it? When you, I'm assuming when you were younger. As yeah, a kid, well, or? I've always been a big history buff, and uh, my brothers and I, we were just like, oh, what are we gonna do? And we finally we we started with like a World War II game, and we just it just snowballed from there. And I mean, we've we've done everything under the sun at this point, so. So yeah, it's been it's been crazy. So yeah, because I'm a big history buff too. I love watching documentaries. I just finished a, like a Lincoln one and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what drew you to that. Was, Absolutely, was the and that's still like my big my big bread and butter with it is is reenacting some of those historic battles. You know, I've done yeah. a lot of World War Two ones, World War One. Yeah. Just just getting it on the table, making the trenches, doing all that kind of stuff, just just to show off like what you know in part what these guys had to deal with and right. and just having some fun with it with some some guys. Too. So this might be so. a stupid question. Do you play Risk then? Is that like part of it? I've played know? Risk. Risk is I'm I'm a little beyond Risk. Now. Okay, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only, like the first thing I could think of. Like I tried playing it, and I'm like, no, I, I you know, it's I, I'm thinking Seinfeld, you know, the episode. I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, yep, Kramer, yep. Newman, carrying yep. that thing around. Yeah, all but the time. it's the same basic concept. Like okay. you just, but a little more detailed, a little more focused. So is so. there like when when you collect, is there like rare ones or anything like that? Or no, you know? not as much. I mean. I, Look, I've played a lot of card games too, so yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a super. Geek. It's not like Magic where I've got like a fifty dollar for right. land going out, but uh, but most of this you you acquire and you paint because it's part of the hobby is, is the painting and all of that too. Right. So exactly. So yeah, I got Russell here. Wants to give you some food yeah, too. Yeah, let's do this. Russell, come on over here. What's yeah. this? Move this over here. Gabriella, nice grilled cheese on Vienna bread, Wall cheese, and Soprasada. and then we have Cubanos, giant green olives. Uh, and North Country cheese curds. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you, awesome. sir. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> Angela, Russell, thank you. Thank that's you, awesome. guys. Holy moly. You know, that's why you're my best friend. You always, <laughs> you always bring food or bourbon over all the time right there. So. I know how to be, I know I know how to get, get friends. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, because I remember you and I, we, we were bourbon guys. We talked a little bit about bourbon, too. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your... 
do you have a favorite brand of bourbon or anything like that? Or I'm really into Knob Creek is really doing yeah. it for me right now. So that's I would definitely pick it right at, at the moment. So. Yeah. Are yeah. you uh, like a? You put a little ice in there on the rocks. Or? Yeah, gotta, gotta, yeah. Gotta have some ice in there. You know, I do too. I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy yet. So. Yeah, I, I can't do it. You know, <laughs> I see other people like that. that are just slamming it. 120 right. proof, no ice. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Do you have taste buds? Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. No. That's are you like a three finger, four finger? You know, oh, it just depends on the night. Just. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good answer, right there. Knob Creek, yeah, that's that's a good one too. I do like the the the, the one that you brought over too. Uh, was it uh, Cedar Ridge? Cedar Ridge, yep, over there too. So that uh, was Driftless a good one. Glen, Driftless Glen's good as well. Yep. Um, I mean, I like Wild Turkey now yep. and then. So <laughs> yeah, I, I want to I want to be like Matthew McConaughey when I when I holy cold. My wife is gonna eat me. You're jealous? What's what was we had sushi? Holy cow! This is awesome. Chinese coming too? Yeah, dude. I, I told them all you guys you were coming. They're like, can we feed him? So, <laughs> honey, you don't have to worry about dinner tonight. I'm right here. I ain't coming home. There you go. That's awesome. Well, tell us. I mean, you know, because, okay. I, I know I hype up Hy-Vee a lot. Oh, you're gonna make me do the. Uh, you gotta break it. Oh, do you? Okay. See, I don't know what. The, I don't know. See, what the you gotta do. So I, I lived in China for a year, so I'm. No, you did. Did yeah, you? I did. I did. Out of college. Really? I was just, yeah, I got graduated from college, and I was like, I gotta go do something. <laughs> what drew you to China? I mean, just something. Uh, you mean? That well, I mean, is I just I had a lot of friends from China in college. Okay. Because uh, and they were like, you know, you should just go over there and teach for a year, and get the experience, see our culture, like we're yeah. going over here to you. And I was like, I don't got anything else. Anything else going on? So for a full year. Full year, yeah. Because I'm just that guy. Just I'm just gonna go do it. Yeah. I'm trying to communicate with the lady that I want a ticket. It's, I've been in line for an hour at the train station, trying to tell her I want a ticket. She's sitting there telling me yes and no at the same time, and I'm super confused. This woman behind me goes, "She's telling you that you can take that train, but it's standing room only." And okay. I said, "Okay." So I get on the train. We are jammed into this train. I am right by the toilet. I've got my <laughs> luggage in my hands. <laughs> And there we are, six hours, me jammed on that train, and I realized that they don't like, you know how our train's like, ding, the next stop is this. They don't do that. You just got to know. So this lady finally looks at my ticket. So like I said, everyone was so nice everywhere I went there. She goes, this train ticket says you got to stop over at uh, this town, and then you got to get on the next train. I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, yeah, Jinhua. I'm like, Jinhua? What's Jinhua? Like, I don't know where that is. So I pull up to that train station, and she's like, it's that train. And it's like leaving. Like, it's like from a movie. I, like, ran, and the conductor, I'm like, take it. He's like, get in. And, like, I jump in, and I get on that train. So then I get to, to Leashway. It's 12.30 p.m. there. It's dark. I pull up, and I go to the train station, and they're like, the station's closed. you got to wait outside. It's pouring rain. Oh my God. It is literally pouring rain now. And I call the person who's supposed to pick me up. And she's like, oh, I fell asleep. I'll be there in an hour. I'm like, what? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so I sit there pouring rain with all my stuff soaked. Oh, my Finally, God. Finally, she picks me up. And she's got a chicken sandwich from KFC with her. She's like, I bet you wanted something from America. I was like, yeah, my first day in China, I wanted a KFC, KFC. <laughs> So I get to my apartment. So Lishui is down. It's hot. It's like in the jungle area. It's hot. So I get in my apartment. She's like, yeah, there's no air conditioning. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 120 degrees in my apartment. And she's like, 
I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to go to bed. No. So I go into my room. It's just a bamboo, sh- flat bamboo sheet. That's all it is. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, what? She's like, yeah, I'll be back in three days. It's like, three days? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I call my dad. And my dad's like, I told you so. You should have never left the country. <laughs> wow. It got better from there. I, I would hope so. <laughs> like I mean, I, there was, you, you had to imagine, like, okay, what did I get into? Yo, I was... I was so distraught, man. I was like, I don't know where to get food. She told me before she left, don't drink the water. Oh, Jesus. So, luckily, the next day, she had told one of her friends, and he came, and he just wanted to meet me. He got me a water machine, <laughs> and he got me some food. And, 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 you know, once you're there, though, you pick up the language really quick and everything. And, like I said, by the end of it, I was having a blast. It was fun. Everybody was nice. I went, traveled all across China, and it was just a great experience. The kids were great. They, I mean, they go to school from like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. I mean, they're in school all day. So, so you, did you have to teach that whole time too? Like 6 I taught. No, they have like a siesta period. So you, you teach in the morning, and then there's like this three-hour gap where you go take a nap, which was great. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then you taught till like eight o'clock at night. Is when I did. No kidding. So, but then they get huge breaks and stuff. So it was just, it was a lot of fun, and it was a great experience. Like you come to appreciate what we have a lot more when you travel around, especially like. There's, like they said, they've got some really great modern cities, but there's some areas there where it's like, like I, I went to little villages that were dirt roads, and they all shared one restroom, and wow. you just start to appreciate, like, what we have going on yeah. here. And, I mean, they were so nice. I, I lived in an apartment, and the bottom tier was, like, the the custodians and stuff for the for the school, and they didn't even have glass in their windows. And they all pulled together and had... Uh, they all pulled together in the courtyard and ate every night. I mean, when I say there wasn't a single night they didn't invite me to come eat with them. Really? And it was awesome. So I always wow. tried to get them some stuff, too. So it was, it was a great experience. Yeah. We're, to, to kind of wrap it up here, Yeah. is there a, is there like a go-to place like on your bucket list that you want to go to? Because it sounds like you love traveling. Oh, I love yeah. traveling. No, I, I've got to get to Europe. Yeah. Like, I've got to go see. Not right now. Bad not time. right now. Bad yeah. time. But, but I would love to go see Europe. Like, I've... Like I've Conquered China, it's good to go. We've got Asia checked off, but, you know, it's like Rome, all of that area. Yep. I just love to see it. Even Britain, all through there. Love yep. to spend a whole trip there. You want to know the farthest I've ever traveled? Hmm. New York. New York. It's the farthest I've traveled east. You want to know the farthest I've traveled west? Hmm. Uh, probably Duluth. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I, 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 well, I've beaten you last week just going to a meeting. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the furthest south I've been, Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines. Or Chicago, Illinois. I don't know where the lines kind of go up there. That's the furthest south I've ever been. Wow. I just, yeah. I'm serious. I'm not even lying. Do you want to travel? I do. It's just, I think it's like, you know, growing up, there was never really, you know, those opportunities or anything like that. But now it's like, and I will admit, I'm a little bit scared of flying. I'm a little bit scared have you ever, of flying. Have you ever done it? Yeah, uh, once. Well, Two and back, so twice, I guess. But that was uh, 2000, so 22 years ago. So I, my, my first time flying was with... So, you know you can get your pilot's license when you're, like, 15? Yeah. So my buddy got his pilot's license. And, and you went with him? You're nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, we were nuts. in, like, a 1962 Sesta two-seater flying around clipping corn. Again, another thing my kids will never do. <laughs> Holy... I mean, I don't know why, but, like, my wife makes fun of me whenever we go to the cities. And we stay at a hotel is right at the airport. But every time we go there and I see a plane fly, I get creeped out. I don't know why, <laughs> but there's this, like, there's... And my reasoning is, is, like, why whales freak me out. 
I, I have a weird right. thing with whales. Whales? Nothing that big should move. It's my reasoning. <laughs> Planes shouldn't fly because they're that big. Whales, they're underwater. You can't see them. And then they jump up. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do I don't know why. It's not like I'm afraid of them. It just kind of gives me the creeps. I'm weird. I don't, no. So, yeah. There, I just let myself open there a you little really bit did. there, too. So. Oh, man. Uh, Phil, hey, thanks for that was a 15-minute conversation right hey, there, no man. Hey, no problem. My pleasure, man. A little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Is, am I holding him right? You're way too far down. But I'm yeah. way too far down? Yeah. So I got to go. Oh, up. I don't even know what you're doing there. <laughs> I don't know. Like a I'm pen. Doing. Like a pen? So, like, yeah, you got to <laughs> show me how to do it. Like that? Like that? You don't put a finger in, the, in between the two? You don't? Okay. How do... I can't Like a pen. Oh, so the top one's like a like pen. Like a pen on the top, yep. Okay. And this one's just cradle. It's all all the movements in the top one. What? If mine goes this way. It's... <laughs> when you get you the little kid ones. <laughs> I <from> think so. <laughs> <laughs> I got football fingers or something like that. We'll figure it out. I'm going to practice. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll figure it out. I'll figure they it made, out. They, they, they gave it to you in roll form, though, so you can just, Perfect. You can just pick it up. Well, I'm going to try one of <laughs> Phil, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Hey, no problem. Hey, everyone. Dan here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Dan Casper, D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R, and hit the like and follow button on my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Casper Sports. All right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we got Roland here from Ivy. How you doing, bud? I am doing fantastic. This is the first time I've ever talked to you, though, so it's nice to meet you. Well, it's nice to meet you guys too. Thank you for coming in today. You got it. Yeah, so I hear that uh, you're a listener a little bit once in big a while. Big time, big All time? The time. Yes. Well, I appreciate. Always want to know what, what's going on with the Packers. <laughs> you a Packer Bucks. fan? But Packer fan or? Uh, I unfortunately I was born and raised in New Jersey, so okay. I'm a Jets fan. Laugh um. all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, I like Robert Sala though. Uh, I like him too, so yeah. like hopefully before I rest in peace, I can get you know I have Just something. One more, right? I have one more, one, one more. more. Yeah, <laughs> you're a younger man. You probably weren't around with Namath in Super Bowl three. Or no, like I was that, born so. in '73, so no. So, but yeah. no, I've seen that game many times. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got a Lafleur over there too, like like uh, like Matt Lafleur. So yeah, like I said, there there lo- things are going to be looking up. They're going to be looking better than Giants. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's your main <laughs> rival. Giants yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so opposite. So I, I like the Jets, don't like the Giants. I like the Knicks, don't like the Nets. I like the Rangers, don't like anybody else. Really? Uh, so, so more of the Giants. So like Patriots, were you like kind of? Oh, a, oh no, okay. no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. I've gone to that stadium though, and it's yeah. like it's so fun. The people are so, you know, people think, oh, they're crazy. No, the people are so nice up there. I mean, they like to get on you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're losing, if you're winning. You know, they don't care. It's just a good time. And yeah. that's a different thing. I love this town because it's a good sports town. Yep. Um, I've gone to a couple Packer games. I've gone to see them play the Jets. Um, I think we were up big in that one. That was Geno uh, Smith's rookie year. Yep. And then we ended up losing the game. But there was a bunch of Jets fans there. But the fans, you know, like I said, welcoming and stuff. And I've yep. gone down in Viking gear. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, the fans welcoming, you know, yep. it, it doesn't get out of hand. They told me don't go to a Chicago game. So I don't know what that's about. <laughs> that's that's honestly, that kind of worries me too a little bit. I haven't been to a Chicago game. And Green like, Bay, Chicago. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I don't know if I should. And one, one of my buddies is like, well, we could dress up as bear stuff, then <laughs> tailgate, and then take them off, and then you're packing. I'm like, that might be worse if you do that. <laughs> then you might get your ass kicked after that if you're tailgating. And then like, oh, no, it's actually a Packers fan right there. So yeah, but who's your so is football your favorite sport then or? Oh, 
between that and basketball. Yeah. Um, Favorite Nick player of all time? Bernard King. Ooh, and I lobbied for his number when I played in uh, high school. So yeah. I wore number 30. I would go to the gym. I would watch him. I would, like, work on all his moves. So I was probably king of 20 feet and in because that's what Bernard was, you yep. know, good at. It's a, something that's a little lost in this game yep. right now because everybody's either shooting threes or trying to dunk. Yep. So, Transition threes are, like, one of my bugaboos. Oh, I, I used to coach uh, yeah. traveling basketball fourth to eighth grade um, in Bloomington. Okay. and. It was just, I just, I'm so old school. So I would coach in, like teach the kids inside out, inside yep. out, inside out, play good defense. You can shoot a jumper. Fine. Shoot an uncontested jumper because once they start collapsing on your big guys, they can kick it out, you know, and you get wide open shots and yep. stuff. So, but like, yeah, watching kids launch threes from places they have no business like launching threes from it's just like oh okay exactly well, i know how to beat you <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. like that's what like, you know my boy hudson he's a big lebron fan right now but he's only four he was watching my space jam so that's why he's a lebron <laughs> james fan but it's like you know you hear all these other kids they're chucking up 35 footers and all that and from the logo and it's like i remember growing up and it was like turnaround jays and, yep. and all that sort of stuff and like you said inside out and, and mid-range jumpers and I miss the old school '90s hoops. Uh, yeah, that. that'll never come back. No, <laughs> and it will never come back. Guys like Seth Curry, though. I mean, that. I mean, I can't call him like him and Trey Young and like some of those guys that can hit those shots on a consistent basis. They're practicing them. Yeah, on a consistent basis. That's one thing. But the kids aren't practicing those shots on a consistent basis. Yep. And they're just like, oh, I'm in a game. I'm just going to launch it. Yeah. No good. No. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're seeing that already at the the younger levels. Yep. Obviously. So, yeah, I'm a guy got the Ipsa coach out here again. So my yeah. kid just turned six. So, um, I'm like, I asked him because he's gone through my yearbooks. He's like, Oh, when are we going to coach me in basketball? I'm like, Well, I said, maybe next year daddy will coach. And if you like it, then we'll start getting you in basketball. So, yep. so, so would you say basketball was your favorite then kind of growing up or basketball was my favorite growing yeah. up just because, like I said, just huge Nick fan. My brother used to work at Madison Square Garden. Oh, really? So we're constantly going to the game so like watching the celtics come in the sixers and you know you know like i said good old school basketball exactly so. i mean i remember i mean i loved 90s nba that was like yeah. my thing oh, i yeah. loved it big time and nixon heat rivalries obviously yeah. everybody knows jeff van gundy and, yep. and, and the legs the yeah exactly <laughs> but that's like that was my i love that was like now i'm like football sort of thing but when it was nba and nbc and round ball rock and and TNT, that was I was a big Orlando yep. Magic fan with Shaq and Penny. Oh, that was my era. Like I said, good, good basketball. It's some good basketball now, but yep. it's just it's hard. Yep, it's hard. Some of it's hard to watch, but like I watch watching the Bucks. Yep, good fundamentals. You know, good coaching. That's good basketball. Like living in Minnesota for twenty years, it's like eh, T Wolves, and now watching them now, it's uh, yeah. night and day compared to where they've been. Yep. In the last like three, four years, so it's yeah. good to see that they're playing good basketball. And Playoff stuff, so. contending over there, yeah. Yep. Uh, you got uh, Carl Anthony Towns uh, shooting a three. I mean, that's another oh, thing too. Is you've seen seven footers. You somebody know? must have given him some spinach because like, <laughs> he he had no courage last the last couple of years, and he's like playing with a lot of heart and stuff like that. Yep. So it's good. I mean, it's good. You you should be playing like that. Yep. So And he doesn't get hurt, a la Anthony Davis, which I I don't understand. Right. Yeah. So, and Zion. Which Zion. I never What's won. going on with the Zion thing? 
Eh, he needs to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, JJ Reddick calling him out the other day. Uh, he, he was right to call him out. Yep. Yeah, you need to grow up. You start making big boy money, then you got to start acting like a big boy. Yep. Because what was it, uh, McCollum, when he got traded over there? He said he never talked to yeah, Zion. That's the whole what I mean. Time it's yeah. just, it's, it's, once you, people get paid a lot of money, they like act differently. But like I said, you got to be grown up. Yeah. You know, he's supposed so, to be the face of the franchise. Exactly. You know, the leader down there. That city, that city is going to love you. And yeah. if you turn your back on it, it'll hate you yeah. really fast. And you're going to have to go somewhere and then prove all over again that yeah. you were worth what you, you know, what you got drafted for. Yep. Yeah. Who's your all time starting five? Not your five best, but who would you put in your starting lineup? Isaiah Thomas, uh, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Center one's I like hard. Patrick Ewing, yeah. and I'm sorry, I know I'm a. I mean, you're talking like a Nick fan, but yeah. that guy could. I got oh, oh, God, between him and Olajuwon. Yeah. No, I'd go with Patrick Ewing. Patrick, I would go with Patrick Ewing. That was the era, so, though, with Olajuwon and Patrick and Shaq coming in yeah. and I, David Robinson. You know, that I love the big man <laughs> era down there. So, Isaiah Thomas will run Isaiah in, Thomas run the point. Running the point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of credit. I mean, he gets a lot of criticism for his antics, like, later on and right. his coaching thing. But and the whole he's Jordan a, he's a smart, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's, a smart, he's a smart basketball player. No LeBron so. in your starting five. No, I, I don't hate LeBron. I have nothing against LeBron. Um, he's his game has gotten better, yeah. but he wouldn't be able to play back in that. I, I go by if you're able to play back in those and back in that time yeah. frame because like he would. I mean, I know he's got a big, strong body, but he would have just got pounded physically yeah. by you know, like you think about it, you got Oakley and Barkley and like all those guys that those don't Pistons care. Teams yeah, back that in don't it, yeah. care about giving you a hard foul. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought that that would have just you know he wouldn't have played as long as he did. Jordan finesse. I don't know how he was able to do it, but he was. Yeah, you know. So yeah, no, no. LeBron, he'd be on the bench. He'd be coming off the bench. He'd be the first one coming off the bench. <laughs> Your six man. Yeah. Yep. I mean, him and Curry. Like I said, the shooting is fine, but like I said, can you do? If we played that physical style, can you be the same player? No, he wouldn't. That's why, like, you when know. I do my top five or my starting five, I kind of wonder, like, with that physical. Do I put Shaq in there because he was so dominant and physical down low? You know, because he was so big. And then it's like but what version that, of Shaq? Yeah, though, you know? he had no, he had nothing else. He can dunk, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was good on defense, but that was it. I mean, he had, I mean, Ewing at least had that little fadeaway. Elijah had that little turnaround. Yep. Kareem had a little sky hook. Yep. I mean, Even David Robinson had a little bit of a jumper on the yep. outside. Yeah. So, oh god, I forgot about Duncan too. Duncan was a uh, Mr. Mr. Fundamental. Fundamental. Yep. Yeah, that's a uh, that's another guy that you know. I would love. I mean, like I said, I could sit there and imagine me coaching those guys. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, I never lose a game. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Before I let you go, so you're a Jets fan too. Yeah. Favorite Jets player of all time. Freeman McNeil. Really? Yep. I'm, I'm old school again. Running yeah. game. I want to see you get, turn around, hand the ball off. That guy took a beating, and he wasn't big. Yeah. He wasn't big as like the backs that are today and stuff like that, but. That's back in the day where you can give the running back the ball forty times and they come right back to the huddle. They would not even look at the bench. Yeah. You know, or if they looked at the bench, the coach would act like they didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> and um they go back, you know what I mean? Yep. So I mean, yeah, that was all time, number twenty four. I love it. That's so, like you know, the not to go back to the NBA, but like load management and all that stuff. Oh yeah. It's like, no, that's a joke too. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, yeah. like I was actually the other day, I was like, okay, did Jordan? You know, I'm looking at it like, yeah, dude, never missed a game besides the one year when he was actually hurt. You know, and he still came back when he wasn't supposed yeah. to. It, different yeah. mindset, yeah. it seems like. And that's that's one another reason I'm falling a little bit out of love with baseball because it's all little six innings or five innings, yep. and I'm like, got to be kidding me. Yeah. I like watching guys go, you know, Sid Fernandez, you know, all those guys, Ron Darling, and. Um, Seaver, all those old guys just going, Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan, yep. You know, um, who's the guy in Minnesota? Brad Rackey. I always used to watch, he, oh, he's an innings eater. No, he wanted, he always wanted the ball. He didn't yep. want to come out of the game. Yep. My so, first game, uh, my first twin game, Brad Rackey was okay. on the yeah, ball there. So yep. that was, yeah, that was fun. So, but yeah. That's so, awesome. <laughs> hey, Roll, it was nice oh, chatting with you, man. It was good meeting <laughs> you too. Coming in. You got it. That's going to do it for this uh, episode of the Man Cave Podcast. A uh, big thanks to High V for allowing us to to, to hang out here and uh, having some food, having some uh, cold beverages, and and just uh, you know chatting with with some people, sharing some stories, and uh, learning a little bit here too, and just having a good time. So big thanks to High V for allowing us to to be able to do this, and uh, again, big thanks to. Uh, Ghost Energy Drink, and Dan the Moving Man for uh, helping us take the podcast on the road for our first stop for our road trip tour. So, again, if you've got any nominations that's uh, where we should be doing this podcast, where we should make a quick stop, hey, find me on Facebook and, and Twitter and, and hit me up with a message. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, everybody, we'll chat with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, well, hopefully you liked it so you'll be back. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're practically everywhere. And if you're listening to somewhere like on iTunes, don't forget to give us a good rating so other people can find the podcast as well. And and tell your friends and family about us. And if you are a regular listener to the Man Cave Podcast, hey, appreciate the support, everyone. Appreciate the support. Again, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast, rate us, and tell your friends about the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper. We'll talk to you again next time.